Hello everybody, Mula here. Before we start this light episode, just want to say I recently played through Spirou again, which is one of the games we'll be talking about today. And uh, I kind of made it into a little bit of an extra for this podcast episode. So if you want to check that out, go uh, to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Mule. That's M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H. Um, we will definitely put a link to that particular video down into the description below, but you can check it out for a little bit more information about Peru, um, how the game came to be, and also just uh, see the entire game if you want to. So um, yeah, that's it. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Here we go. On this episode of This Is Game Boy Light, comics are for kids. Go read a real book. everybody to another light episode of the this is game boy podcast for those of you who are wondering what these light episodes are they're just like shorter episodes where either me or ebc dive a little bit deeper into a subject or uh, or a little game that had been mentioned before but uh, it doesn't require to have a complete episode and uh, for me i usually tend to go back to one of our real episodes like the last light um, i kind of did an extra thing about the first episode solar striker and uh, i made it about the other shmups on game boy this time i will be diving into the info games games and i also have a little addition for uh for our episode about max if you people have listened to that episode i might have mentioned that we had some trouble finding the actual plot of that game and um, i also mentioned that our team member granon here actually bought a complete inbox copy of the game and with it came a manual and it's actually in english so i'll read the plot to you that is the official plot that is in the european max um game case so let's dive right into that uh, and you might notice some things that are a little bit weird at least i did but yeah here we go here is the story of max for more over a millenary the seven planets of the galaxy have been colonized by a terrible and vindictive tyrant draco coming from another galaxy is here to slake his lust for power and to torture all inhabitants Within the boundaries of the planets, he works in the shadows and lives from his villainy. Max, who has fought for justice in this world from a very young age, is not prepared to let the situation continue unchallenged, and he fully intends to liberate the populations of the enslaved planets. He has not remained a child for nothing. He has been preparing his galactic salvation mission for a long time, and so when he leaves on this trip, he will be taking some unbelievable gadgets. Portable reactors, a telescopic sucker, modular arms, and something I can't read because there's a light flare on top of the image. But there are numerous, numerous, excuse me, highly vigilant enemies, so Max will have to use both wit and speed if he is to avoid being ensnared. 
no matter, again, light flare, where the danger is, I think it says. Max will see this through. So yeah, that's the official story. And you might have noticed I said something very weird at the start, and I will repeat that. So it says, for more over a millenary, the seven planets and so forth. Um, millenary is not a word. I have no idea what they mean. Um, more, more than a millennium, probably. But yeah, millenary or millenary is, is totally not an English word. So I don't know where they got that from. Uh, but it doesn't exist. But yeah, that's uh, there you go. That's a little uh, little addendum to our Max episode. Um, like uh, a little postscripting, like a uh, a little uh, addition to that episode, like like uh, an addendum to that episode. You know, like uh, like an appendage, you could say. Yeah, you know, like a, like a little attachment to. I'm literally just reading uh, synonyms out of a thesaurus, by the way, so don't think I have that much knowledge about the English language. But anyways, let's actually dive into the topic of today, which is uh, the Infogrames games on Game Boy, and we'll dive into that right after this little break, and hopefully Lex picks some great music to put in between here. I will be right back. you enjoyed that little interlude right there with some amazing music from Alberto Jose Gonzalez, who is pretty much the composer for every Infogrames game that I'm gonna talk about. And if you want to hear more about his music, uh, go ahead and look for the soundtracks of all the games I'm gonna mention. But anyways, Infogrames, like I mentioned last time, is a French company that actually got the license to a lot of Franco-Belgian comics back in the 90s. And they were all made into video games. And if there's one thing you can say about Infogrames, they did a good job uh, of producing uh, games for all the systems that were currently available, actually. Um, if they made a Smurfs game, for example, it uh, came out on Super Nintendo, it came out on Game Boy, came out on Master System, uh, Genesis, and so forth. Um, and they were not just like ports that took them a while, they all released them simultaneously. Um, they all kind of look alike, but they were all so very adapted to the actual system they were on. So that was pretty cool. And you might notice us saying infogrames all the time. Um, you have to remember this is actually a uh, French company. So saying infogrames is actually completely wrong, probably, unless they, they really wanted to put an English uh, tone to it. But uh, some people have been wondering, actually our producer Sprinting Legs has been wondering, what in the world is Grames? Uh, well, like I said, it's actually French, and when they were coming up with a name, uh, they actually used a computer program to put like two words together, like to get a little portmanteau, as they call it, of French words. And the first thing that, well, not the first thing, one of the things that came out of uh, that little program they used was infogramme, uh, which is a portmanteau of the French words informatique, which is uh, information technology, basically, and uh, programme, which is a uh, 
which is French for like a computer program. Um, so their first name was Inf Infogram, uh, but they changed it into Infograms or as we all call it, Infograms. So if you're wondering what the, what the Grame is, it's just a, a bastardization basically of a program. So there you go. Yeah, enough about the actual company itself. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the games that they produced, especially for Game Boy. As I mentioned before, they got the license uh, for pretty much all the, the Franco-Belgian comics. Um, what that means is um, Belgium is very good at producing comic books. Um, a lot of uh, our comic books actually got international releases. Um, you can think of stuff like Largo, Winch and, and things like that. Those are very popular also in America and in other countries. And those are all made by Belgian comic artists. And uh, well, there's a reason of course that they get uh, internationalized so often. It's just that we produce a lot of great, great comics that uh, are high quality. Um, and the Franco-Belgian comics, they're mostly talking about uh, anything that got released under the publisher Dupuis. Um, and the comics that uh, got released by them, um, you all know them, they're the Smurfs, they're Tintin, there's Lucky Luke, uh, there's Asterix, which is actually a real French one, so that's not a Belgian one at all, um, but it is about our ancestors basically uh the belgian ancestors but that's uh that's completely made in france and um the last one is uh, spirou um maybe a little bit lesser known um in america but definitely uh, a very popular comic here and also my favorite belgian comic of all time because uh, i collect some belgian comics not many of the dupuis ones uh but Spiro is definitely my favorite one. Um, but so yeah, they produced a lot of games for all of those comics. So I'm just gonna go over them real quickly. I'll talk a little bit about uh, the games, not that much. There isn't that much to say about them anyways. Um, because what Infogrames really did was they produced a lot of these games. But they were all pretty mediocre, um, so a lot of people do not really remember them that well. And most of the times, uh, the Super Nintendo versions of these games were actually the better versions. But that does not mean that the Game Boy ones were bad at all, they were just really forgettable. Um, first off, we got uh, the Smurfs games. There were three Smurfs games that got released for Game Boy and the other systems. The first one is just called the Smurfs. Uh, it's your basic action platformer. Um, it's fast paced, it has short levels. Um, great music, of course, because thank you, Alberto Jose Gonzalez, you're amazing at, uh, at producing music. Um, but it's a pretty simple one. It's not too difficult, except for one of the levels that requires you to uh, like go on some fines to transfer. Uh, Traverse, not transfer, uh, traverse a swamp, um, but uh, the controls for actually grabbing those vines is a little bit wonky, which makes you fall into uh, the swamp a lot, but that's probably the hardest level in the entire stage. Um, it does offer some variety with some auto-scrolling stages where you're on a stork or on a minecart and stuff like that, uh, but most of, most of the time it's just a, a very typical go-left 
go from the left to the right and finish the stage. It has some bosses that are pretty easy to beat, except for maybe one of the bosses, which is a dragon. Um, you're supposed to grab the presents and throw them back at them because uh, they explode. But if uh, one of them lands on a platform where you can't reach it, you will not produce another one unless you can actually uh, get that one off the screen, which is pretty much uh, impossible in the Game Boy version. So you might kind of soft lock there and you have to destroy yourself. But uh, besides that, pretty standard game. Go check it out if you want to. If not, go maybe play the Super Nintendo version, because that's the better one. Um, the second one is a Smurfs Travel the World, um, which is uh, another action platformer, but it's uh, it's a little bit different where you do not just uh, traverse stages from left to right. You actually are in a maze kind of where you have to find 10 crystals, I believe, before you can actually end this stage. Uh, I do not remember if you have to go to an exit, like uh, in the Jungle Book game, for example, or you just have to grab all 10 of them and then you move on to the next stage. Um, it's been a little bit too long since I've actually uh, played that game, but uh, that's pretty much the basis of that game. It does not have a lot of stages. I don't even think it has any boss fights at all, if I remember correctly. Um, so you can pretty much stay clear of that game. It's, it's not so good. Um, the last one is Smurfs Nightmare. Uh, they went back to the traditional style of action platforming again, but um, usually the stages are like more vertical than they are horizontal. Usually you move from the left to the right, then go up, then move back to the left, and so on and so on until you reach the end of the stage. Uh, there are no collectibles that you need to pick up, you just have to get to the end. Um, there's a little bit more hazards than they, there would be in the original Smurfs game. Um, but again, if you want to play one of the Smurfs games, I would definitely recommend the first one and maybe just give the other ones a quick look. Next in the list we got uh, Tintin, everybody knows Tintin, um, and he got two games, and everybody probably knows these games, everybody has probably played them before, and they're actually based on two of the comic books uh, that got made for Tintin, they're they completely follow the story that happens in both of those comics. First one is uh, Tintin in Tibet, and the second one is Tintin and well, in English it's the Soul, the tem Temple of the Sun or Solar Temple. Um, in French it's Le Temple du Soleil, which is the same thing. Um, and both of these games are pretty much standard platformers, but they usually require you to. Um, travel through more of a hub world where you need to find a certain item that you can use to actually get over some kind of uh, blockage or hazard or person that stops you and uh, then you can move on like in Tibet for example you go into a hotel where you have to find all your friends in the correct order um, I think it's also randomly generated where they are so you're constantly moving from one floor to another while trying to avoid pretty much anything because everything hurts you um, Temple du Soleil is a little bit better in that. Uh, it's usually just go from the left to the right. There are a few uh, auto-scrollers as well, um, but it's also a little bit easier than the first game. 
Not to say that these games are easy. They're probably the hardest of uh, all of the Infogrames uh, Belgian comic book games. Um, if you really want to play them, go check them out. Again, maybe the Super Nintendo versions are better, but I've heard like for uh, Temple du Soleil that the Super Nintendo version is actually worse than the Game Boy one. Um, don't quote me on that though, I'm just <laughs> telling it as I hear it. Um, I've only beaten that one, I have not been able to beat uh, the Tibet one yet. But um, yeah, they're, they're pretty standard, they're, they're cool, but again, nothing special besides, of course, the music. Um, third in the list we got Lucky Luke who only got one game, sadly. Um, if you don't know Lucky Luke, it's pretty much based on, uh, like, American cowboys. Um, it's it's all in the Wild West. He's constantly fighting the bad guys uh, called the Daltons. And that's what this game is about as well. You're pretty much going after all four of them. Um, it's kind of structured in a way that you have a few normal levels before you actually reach a somewhat boss fight which is usually an environmental puzzle to be able to actually beat them i think one of them might actually be a shootout with uh, one of the daltons um, but yeah it's pretty much um, just go from left to right um, it does offer a lot of variety because there's a lot of auto scroller stages where you're riding on a carriage and you have to dodge everything um, there's even levels where you have to go collect dynamite so you can progress or get keys to release prisoners and stuff like that um, it has all of your favorite characters in it, if you know Lucky Luke. It got, uh, I don't know if, if, if the name of the dog is the same in English, but here it's called Rataplan. Uh, Rataplan. Um, got uh, Jolly Jumper, his horse, stuff like that. So this is probably my favorite um, Infogrames game on Game Boy. I really like it, but it is a pretty much lengthy game um, i think it took me two hours to beat it without really dying much be but uh, the levels are pretty long so it might get boring after a while if you're in one of those um, find dynamite stages um, it's not that hard um, just like all of the other games it offers i think a password after every four stages or something like that so you could always just uh, pause for a little bit and come back to it later but i would definitely recommend checking that one out i think it's a really fun game all right on to the one that is not belgian uh, but the french one asterix um asterix got two games uh, first one just called asterix the second one is actually called Asterix and Obelix, which is of course his friend, but uh, depending on where you find a copy from, um, I think they might have only been released in uh, in Europe, but depending on which region they released it in, uh, the game might have a different title. Some only say Asterix, the other says Obelix, the other says Asterix and Obelix. Plus it also got a Game Boy Color release, which makes it even more confusing because I think it's a black card and that one has different names as well. So um, yeah, if you see one, one of the Asterix games and you can pick one of, well, either Asterix or Obelix to play with, you're playing the second game. Otherwise you're uh, just playing the normal Asterix game. Um, these games are not ports of the Super Nintendo games, as far as I remember. They're completely original. Um, they're loosely based on the comics. Uh, I don't think they follow an exact comic book 
at all. Um, I think they're just like based on it because uh, you traverse to uh, through many different countries from that period. Um, usually it consists of just platforming sections. Sometimes there is a puzzle stage you have to solve or something like that. Uh, again, pretty basic games, but they're also pretty hard. So uh, get ready for that if you ever want to dive into these games. And last on the list, we got Spiru, my favorite, uh, well, at least comic book series. I can't say it uh, for the game itself. It is a pretty good game. It resembles more the style of Tintin, um, the, which is normal platforming, basically. Uh, sometimes I think you have to find items to actually progress through the stages, but uh, most of the times it's really just platforming. And this one is actually not based on the comic, but on the um, cartoon that got released during the 90s. Um, there has been a re-release during 2016, I believe. Uh, but yeah, this is this is partially based on uh, the actual cartoon from the 90s. You could look it up on YouTube. I tried myself. There are some episodes available, but they're either in uh, Dutch, French, or Turkish, I believe. I don't think they... Uh, they were available in English at all. Um, unless somebody can find them, you can always let me know, of course. But um, yeah, it's a pretty standard <laughs> uh, cartoon series from the 90s, really. It's not that bad. Most of the episodes are kind of based on uh, some of the comic books themselves. And so uh, so is this game, actually. Um, it's uh, loosely based on a character from the actual comics called Cyanida or Cyanida. Um, in the comic book, she is actually a robot designed to look like uh, Marilyn Monroe. Um, it's a little bit more adult, so they changed that for the uh, cartoon that was more focused on kids than it was for adults. Like, Spirou in its soul is not really a children's uh, comic book, although they can just read it fine, but like Spirou has to deal with mafia, uh, with with uh, dictators and stuff like that, which is a little bit more adult than your typical stories. Uh, but then again, it also spawned Marsupilami, which is one of the coolest quote-unquote animals that uh, that ever came out of comics so so that's a little bit more <laughs> for children uh, but yeah they changed the uh, cyanidas character design uh, pretty much completely just for the cartoon and that's where this game comes in uh, which follows a few of the episodes um, cyanida is basically a robot that has the ability to power on any electrical equipment that she comes across and she decides that uh, robots should take over the world and um, yeah so you're going after her to stop her uh, that's what the game really is, you go from town to town, um, you go to a, uh, what is it called, like a carnival, um, she shrinks you down and then you have to like fight toy cars and toy planes and stuff like that and eventually you go into the factory where she's based and then you destroy her. So that's, that's pretty much that game. Um, I would say definitely check that one out but I might be even the hardest out of all of them. It might even be harder than uh, Tintin, um, but I think it's a really cool game. I think uh, the sprites look amazing in it. Um, the story is pretty cool because it's it's uh, yeah it follows a cartoon basically. Uh, 
pretty cool. You should definitely check it out. But yeah, those are all the games that Infogrames ever made for original Game Boy, at least. Um, they have made a few others for for uh, or the Game Boy Color. Um, and don't forget about Max, of course, but that one is not based on any Franco-Belgian comics at all. Anyways, um, that's it for this part. I'll let you listen to a little song again from one of these games that Lex is gonna pick, and then I'll be back. Alright, that was another great pick by Lex, even though at this point in time I do not know what song she actually picked, because I'm still recording this of course, so I'm sure it's gonna be great however. Anyways, that is about everything I have to say about all of these Belgian French comic book games or infograpes on its whole, so with this I'm sending you guys home. Hope you have a great time wherever you are. Anyways, if you have any questions for us, there is an easier way to approach us now. We do have a website running up, which you can access through uh, gbrunners.com slash T-I-G-B. You can find all our um, like social media platforms on there for uh, not only me and EBC, but also for Lex. So you can always send questions through there. There's also a link for our Discord, which you can check out. So you can have uh, like more of a live talk with us, or you can always email us at T-I-G-B-podcast at gmail.com. So I hope that is enough information to get you guys going to actually contact us or with your suggestions or questions but that's it for this episode we will return the next week with a new episode uh with a little well he's not that little actually with at least a fluffy white very cute little fella and we will see you guys then later man
I didn't sing. Should I? Nah. Next time, I'm gonna sing.